Hello, I'm Sean McDonald. You're listening to Pleathered, and my guests are musicians Adam and Sam from Heights. We talk about the roundabout way in which lifelong friends Adam and Sam first started making music together and how they very quickly ended up supporting none other than Boy George at the Hydro in Glasgow. They both explain just how it feels to hear your music played on Radio 1, plus the reaction they had to their Partick Thistle song that went viral. And you'll hear about festivals and upcoming gigs. And as always, there's loads more. This episode is brought to you by Debt Experts Don't Fret About Debt. If you're struggling with debt and you would like a free chat with an impartial advisor to discuss your options or to see how you can lower your monthly payments towards debt, then visit don'tfretaboutdebt.net forward slash blethered. You can also listen to my episode with Don't Fret About Debt Senior Debt Advisor Tommy Gallagher where we discuss taking back control of your debt and the various solutions that are available. Don't Fret About Debt offer all statutory debt solutions in Scotland helping you to make an informed choice. So take the first step to dealing with your debt today. Free advice is also available from the Money Advice Service. If you enjoy this episode, feel free to share it. Cheers. Adam and Sam both called Hunter, but you're not actually related. No relation. Weird story, isn't it? It almost sounds like we're making that up, but we're not. Is it your your two dads were best pals, but... Pals, yeah. yeah. Well, the pals worked together, knew each other a wee bit. Um, um, but kind of like just loads of pals. And then we all went to a football game when we were like 10 years old and we met. And we just became best pals yeah. ever since. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, uh, you can take turns. I'm sure you are, are good at doing this. And in terms of taking turns and speaking, but you, was it Gurgunnock in yeah. Stirling? Is that where you're from? Yeah, how do well, you even know that? That's uh, mate, well. that's, I've, I've got a, a very good way of finding, finding things <laughs> out. Do I. It's, it's, I'd, I'd never heard of the place. I mean, what was your sort of growing up like? It was weird, man. It was weird. The village that I grew up in was uh, had like a 600, 700 population. My school had like 60 people in it. Wow. Yeah, um, it was really, really strange. Like everyone was just kind of weird like anyone who lives in a village that small i think is a bit weird so um i got out there as quickly as possible um but it was pretty run of the mill to be honest man yeah. just kicking about in fields and that chasing cows and like slapping bulls and getting a chase off them and that um but um i only found myself getting into the music quite late on um i moved out of uh after after i finished school i moved to edinburgh to work in club promotions mm-hmm. um and i was surrounded by like it was really like underground kind of like hardcore kind of dance music um and i found myself like very pretentiously and also like on quite a lot of drugs thinking like this music's good but it could be better man. it could be better and i'd sit there in my head and think like like melodies and that would come to my head whilst i'm listening to all this this music that's already playing and then eventually one of my pals was like you've got a, you've got an ear for this so like why don't you sit down with me one day and like we'll go on logic and just make a tune one day and i, I knew nothing about any of that stuff and as soon as that little like switch was turned on in my head i just mm-hmm. i got obsessed with it because you, you can hear i've heard you saying before or i've read you but you're saying before that you'll find yourself listening to like yugoslavian underground yeah. techno and stuff <laughs> and you can get in your like where you both your music styles join up i can now i'm like all right I, okay that so that's where that comes from <laughs> yeah man yeah not uh, definitely. Sam always brings the weirdness <coughs> into the room when I'm listening to the Spice Girls. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I absolutely love the Spice Girls. Oh, unbelievable. Man. Yeah. So good. Unbelievable. Because anybody that turns their nose up at the Spice Girls, that you're like, no, it was of its time. It's of the 90s. It was pop music. Of course, and it was, yeah. they were platinum selling for a reason. Yeah. yeah. Adam, you grew up near Troon. Yeah. Just what, about. A place called Moncton. So Moncton. All oh, right. Aye. Oh, yeah. And how, how was that? Like, it was fine, man. So yeah. similar. Um, it was yeah similar, you know. Like uh, I got really good at keepy ups because I didn't have any pals, <laughs> kind of thing. So yeah, Scott, 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 Sam was really good in the in the football team and um, was always good at stuff. And we were good pals. And I, I, my mum was like, "You need to learn the guitar to make pals because otherwise you're not going to make any." So I just was like, and I was always kind of singing, dancing, acting, being a wee attention seeker yeah. when I was a kid. So I just got right stuck into like drama and all that. And that's what I was doing. You went through to study musical theatre in Edinburgh? No, at RCS. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just up the road. Right. Um, yeah. Did that there for three years. And at what point then do you two end up fusing together? Uh, well, I got a job. I moved down to London to try and be a singer songwriter. It didn't work at all. It, was, it went shite. Six nights uh, a week in a pub, you're yeah. weren't you? Yeah, exactly. Trying to afford living there because it was so expensive. I was actually sleeping on my brother's couch for a bit of it. And uh, then a guy called Gary Clark, who's a big 
record producer. He mm-hmm. was in a band called Danny Wilson, an 80s Scottish band. Um, he moved to LA. He worked with Britney Spears and all this mad stuff. He moved back to Scotland. He really wanted to work with young Scottish artists. And uh, me and him had done a bit of work together. And he said, why don't you come up to, work, uh, to Dundee and mm-hmm. we can work together all the time. And I just got in touch with Sam and uh, said, why don't you come up to Dundee and live with me? Because I've all, we always wanted to live together. And then next thing we know, Sam was making stuff on his laptop. I was working with Gary. Me and Gary wanted to hear Sam's stuff and it just fucking blew our minds. And we were like, this is amazing. So then mm-hmm. next thing you know, we started doing it together and, and we got a gig booked at Gary's brother's pub and we didn't know how the fuck we were going to do it because we were making these songs like, you know, like 20 cents and all this big stuff. And then we're like, right, we're going to play this live. Like, how are we going to do that? Who's mm-hmm. going to play what? I play guitar and piano and bass, but I can't play them all at the same fucking time. So like, <laughs> how am I going to do that? Sam at the time was way more, and still is way more of a producer than actually an instrumentalist. Mm-hmm. And he can like work shit out and play it, but it's less of like, a, okay, play a C major seven. Yeah, and it's right. like, play like, you know, you just work out how it feels good. So we were like, how are we going to do that? But um, that acts not long after that. I mean, we, I think our first gig was shite, actually. It was terrible, yeah. It was really bad. You wanted it to be that moment. It's like, oh, we were nervous. And then we got up there and it was fucking amazing. It was shite. Yeah. Uh, and the guy that's now our manager and has been our manager for ages, he was there. And we were told, there's this big guy, he's a big manager coming and he might, if you do well, he might sign you. And we were like, came off like fucking yes, and he didn't sign us. He was like, no, they're not good enough. And then it was not not until six months later, we started releasing more music, doing more gigs. He was like, no, actually, I see what you guys are getting out there. And then he signed us. So um, we we started touring not long after that. And ever since, it's just been history. We didn't um, let him live that down at all. No, him no, we never let him forget that. Yeah, we still yeah. tell him that he thinks we're shite. Yeah, I've <laughs> loads of questions and kind of jumping about and stuff. No, please, but yeah. just after you saying you, you, your first gig was shite. Uh-huh. By your fifth or your sixth gig, you were asked to go and support or open for Boy George yeah, and uh, Hydro. So I'm kind of like, I'm not saying you're two lying bastards, right? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I don't know if I entirely believe no. you that the first one was, was that awful. <laughs> I mean, I think I think there's there was definitely something there, right? There yeah. was like something yeah. there. I think the songs were always quite good because we're working with Gary and we've obviously like, we always had something, but I think we were working with like a professional who really knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. So whenever we'd have a, a mental idea, he'd be able to condo- like condense that into like a really good song or whatever. Um, and so the songs were good and we're good at playing. We were just so nervous that we just fucked it up. And I think like, I think that's why I feel so bad about all these artists that have blown up over lockdown because they're now playing these massive gigs, gigged very little, if any, before that girl, Pink Panthers, her yeah. first ever gig was like sold out 600 cap in London. Mm. I'm so glad that we got two or three tours under our belts of playing to people who didn't know who the fuck we were so we got really good you know yeah because that's the only way you get good at it as well just um yeah but no we were i was just luck like gary clark knew um paul uh paul's paul's name is i don't even know if i can say his full name because he's uh he, <laughs> the boy george's manager he's in a lot of trouble right now I think. yeah oh is he yeah he yeah. owes uh a casino in America, like millions of dollars. Oh, and he's not allowed to. Yeah, he's a mental guy. But he, um, I, I, I don't even know if we see this. He might have a hitman hired to come and kill us. But he's a, uh, he's in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. He's married to one of the ladies. Oh, seriously? Yeah. He's a bit of a celebrity, and he I'm owes a lot of money. Look this up yeah, Paul something, right? But don't tell him I sent you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he really wanted to be our manager. He saw us at a gig, and he. Um, said, you know, uh, oh, love you guys. And last time we'd signed with Paul, he said, uh, you know, he was giving it all that. Do you want to be a fucking millionaire in a year? And I was like, yeah, sounds good. I don't think you can give me that, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that sounds great. And he was like, he basically said, come and support Boy George and we'll give you the full tour if you sign with me. And we said, well, we can't sign with you, but we'd love to do that gig. And he said, right, do the gig. And then I, like, I'll ask you afterwards. And he mm-hmm. basically thought that if we did it, then he would like, we'd sign with him. We, we didn't, but. <laughs> what was your reason for, was it through just a loyalty? Uh, he just wasn't the right guy for us. And yeah, yeah we'd already signed with Paul and mm-hmm. we really believed in Paul and Paul was just starting and Paul was hungry like us and this guy was minted so he wouldn't really put the work in, I don't think. Yeah. He, he had big clients like Boy George whereas our manager Paul didn't have those big clients so he was willing to try and make us his big client which mm-hmm. we now are. So. Were, you, were you talking about Gary Clark? He's he's worked with Emma Bunton and Mel C. Like, yeah. Was there any point? See if I was you, I would have been saying here, phone Emma Bunton, will you? Like a FaceTimer. <laughs> I tried to play it cool with I interviewed, uh, I interviewed a girl who was on the X Factor a couple of right. years ago, and I was like, almost had her, like, by the scruff of the neck, like, please just try and FaceTime Louis Walsh, but she wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I started being so funny if Louis Walsh should have like answered his phone like hello what? yeah and me just like all right mate what's happened just I just wanted to see you right I'll see you later what happened yeah um see we that's a really interesting point about the not what like the way people are blown up overnight but don't have that experience of the shite gigs are sort of finding yeah. their feet and finding a way and stuff do you think what do you think would have happened to you if do you think you would still be going see it 
you had just kind of it's a different timeline, yeah, I suppose, because you started see. before then. If if we'd blown up, like just like overnight like, in the way people have. Yeah, I, to be honest, I think Adam's really smart and pragmatic about all that stuff, and as is Paul, he's like really realistic. Paul's our manager, mm-hmm. really, really realistic about the way things should be done, like the healthy way that people like bands should progress, yada yada. And now that we're signed, say we were signed, mm-hmm. if we signed to the same team uh, as we are just now, they 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 kind of went through a, a, a sort of similar thing with Griff. Um, she blew up like over the last couple of years. She just you know with amazing tunes, with amazing mm. presence on on uh, online and all that. And she we supported her on a tour late last year, and she could have played like venues maybe four or five times as big, but mm. they intentionally put her on quite a small venue run yeah. to kind of grow, for them to grow into the live exp- live show. Sorry for the whole band to start working out how they work together, how they should work together, what it yeah. should look like, yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. So I think with the team that we've got around us, I think we'd probably be in pretty good stead, I think. Yeah. Saying that, but then I think that if we'd got like absolutely minted overnight, I think we would have like got big fancy motors and fallen out. True. <laughs> <laughs> really true. Each other. <laughs> true. That's the thing though, isn't it? And it's it's something that's really prevalent these days where people just become famous in general overnight. And it's like you can't handle the because there's the performance element and aspect, but there's also you, you as a person. You know, you give somebody all sorts of money and all sorts of access to things and privilege and it usually only goes one way. It kind of yeah. just goes south. Mm. Like you look at it, that's it. Like the, it's it's basically a fact. You just look at all the people, and there's like you could name maybe like a, like three or four people that were famous when they were kids or really young and got famous overnight that aren't absolutely mental right now or aren't openly mental. Probably yeah. mental behind closed doors. We don't even know. But yeah. like ninety nine percent of the people you think of are all either dead or had mental drug addictions or mental mental health problems mm-hmm. and all that. So I think yeah, it's when your whole identity of yourself and the way everyone else sees you changes overnight, that just your brain can't take it no but then again i think both of us have just in our heads before we even had a single fan we were both like we're famous guys man. yeah (laughs) Yeah. kind of like going to tesco's thinking everyone knows who i am yeah everyone's staring at us because we dress like fucking weirdos (laughs) (laughs) like everyone fucking looks like the way i look and they're actually like who the fuck's that guy staring at me (laughs) would you say like you both seem to have quite different interests Mm. or you'd be described as different people do you think that's what kind of Gives you that bond, opposites attract, yin and yang and stuff. Yeah, I think so. I think we also do have really aligning opinions with a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and we just compliment each other that Adam talks a lot and he tends to talk about what I'm thinking about uh, or talk in the way that I'm thinking. And I just don't have the words to say it. Or like, you know, it's, we, we do compliment each other really well. And it's just, I guess that's out of luck. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. And yeah. yeah, luck and hard work. I think yeah, like we've sure. really worked at the the. It's like a relation. Honestly, our relationship is genuinely like a relationship at times. And I think <laughs> the bottom line is that we the always sex. come back to just yeah, the sex, <laughs> <is amazing>. the <laughs> intimacy, yeah, exactly, the cigarettes. But no, like we always come back to just having a laugh. Like the bottom line, no matter what goes on, even if we're like if there's differences or we have had arguments in the past or real big differences, mm-hmm. we always come back to just being able to have a laugh with each other. And I think at the end mm. of the day, everything else will just work itself out. And, yeah. Have your families gotten closer as a result yeah. of you two yeah. being big time? That's yeah. funny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the same. It's honestly like, like when I, when I was single as well, and because you're still single, uh, everyone was like, all our families and stuff are like, well, why aren't you just open about the fact that you're clearly in a relationship? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it is. It's like yeah. we finish each other's family <clears throat> and, <laughs> <laughs> and all that. It is. It is like uh, it's a you know super intense, almost like a married relationship because mm. we both know now exactly how to. Especially because we we spend all of our time, all our social time together because we've all got the same pals. Mm-hmm. Spend all of our business time together because, and it's quite an intense thing to do to go in and write a song together it took us years to get good at that but now it's basically like we write with the same kind of mind sam will mm-hmm. come up with a little melody i'll hear it i'll start adding lyrics and it's basically like one person doing it and we've gone mm-hmm. to that point where we basically just think with the same head yeah um and that can be frustrating at times because you know that like because there's no hiding as well if you're in a van and you're wanting and whatever and the other person can hold you accountable the whole time and you know when you're doing something wrong or you're being a bit shitty and you can't like hide from that so mm. sometimes get a wee bit ashamed that that person knows you so well do you know what i mean but, <laughs> yeah. but other than that it's the best, it's the greatest thing ever we um to talk about your your more on your music as well so the debut single butterflies in my head oh yeah kind of almost instant recognition it was it was Janice Versailles single of the week was yeah. it in the yeah. afternoon show was that the sort of first media exposure that you'd had or I think it probably Pre- was, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I reckon it was man it was weird that it, 
it's weird because that that felt at the time like the most important thing in the world that song and mm -hmm. the media recognition yada yada it, it, and it was all amazing yeah and it's just funny now that song literally just doesn't exist like yeah it's we been... took it off spotify when <laughs> yeah. we signed really? and everything yeah. yeah the label it had a sample in it from another song that was going to cost them a lot of money to clear because right. when we were doing it ourselves we didn't give a shit we just put a song on spotify same i was using mm. see my uh, theme tune for like the first year and a half was tame impala Oh, oh really? really? Aye, and then I get like pure force to change it. Really? <laughs> but then at the time they were like, why did you do that? And I was like, well, I didn't think anybody was going to listen to it. No, that's it. That's mm. how you start off, just mm -hmm. doing it the way you want to do it. And that's a good thing. You should be able to do that. But then that's the same as us. And then they were like, oh, well, we can't clear that sample. It's going to cost thousands of pounds. And yeah. Yeah. There's no point. So we'll just take it down. And we're like, okay. That's, Sorry. No, you go, go mate. Um, I, I, even at the time though, when it, when it first happened and obviously getting the Janice Versace track of the week and whatever and the streams are doing really well on spotify and mm -hmm. amazon and apple and all that stuff it was so hard to know that that was that we were doing well and that was like not i'm not saying meteoric because it definitely wasn't but it was like a surprising launch of, yeah. of a band of like an you know mm -hmm. a band that no one's heard of but we had nothing to kind of soundboard that off of we didn't know i didn't anyway i didn't know that what we were doing was like already making like a, a wee bit of a wave in scottish music because we just we just didn't like we didn't have a song yeah. previously released that wasn't doing mm -hmm. as that didn't do nearly as well or anything so it was kind of hard to understand that you know yeah what we were doing now that everything we've released has never done ever as well now yeah. we know <laughs> <laughs> we um it's funny like janice is is always like sort of ahead of the curve of mm -hmm. the people that are on and not to then say that i'm part of this but the first thing i ever did was also in janice's really? afternoon show i really like so she's always really good for giving people a like that's what I go. I think if she recognizes it, she's amazing. For that. Yeah. And that's the kind of people you need. That's the kind of people definitely. that you know give people chances. And you get to Radio One, and Radio One definitely do definitely do that, but just at a higher level. Yeah. And and the people that get to them have already been through. I mean, for us now, where we're at, the team at BBC Music Introducing Scotland are mm -hmm. just like the best. Anytime we have a song, they play it. They got us to track the week on Radio One at the wow. start of this year uh start of this year so a song was played on every primetime radio one show bbc mm -hmm. radio one show just because they backed us you know what i mean and do you see any feedback in real time like if a track comes on do you see like a wee spike in like your followers or yeah, people shazam. we see it in shazam okay so you can check shazam stats yeah oh, that's so like, cool you can see how many people shazam your song today what time they did and all that so. that must be a nice wee buzz you're like somebody yeah, held cool. that and went i need to know what yeah. that is yeah yeah, yeah, yeah cool. that is cool that, that is really cool. cool and that was like and also you can use Shazam as a kind of way to, because what you're constantly trying to do when you're getting, when you want to get your song playlisted at Spotify or on the radio or whatever, you need to have a, a thing to say to the people to say, this is what this band do really well at. Oh, look at their TikTok. They've done this, this thing mm -hmm. did that. And you can use Shazam as a way to be like, okay, so they're not doing amazing on Spotify. They're not one of the biggest bands because they've not been given that chance yet. But everyone that gets a chance to hear it wants to know what it is. So that mm -hmm. shows you, you should give it, you know, you can use those kinds of yeah. things. What, um, this is like such a childish question, but have you met like any, have you got any like people that have got in touch with that you're fans, fans of? Definitely. Yeah, been really taken aback by. Oh yeah, big time. The yeah. guy, he's in Snatch. He's an actor. Yeah, ginger he's guy. Like, yeah, what's like his tall name? ginger guy. Jason Fleming. He's yeah. an Jason actor. Fleming. You'd right. know his face. He's in Snatch. Oh, he's in a bunch of Guy Ritchie things. He got in touch and he was like, I'm a massive fan and all that. Recently, we bumped into Matt Cardle, winner of the X Factor. Yeah. He's a fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a big fan. He's yeah. apparently a fan. No way. That's so funny. Yeah, that yeah. was fucking mental. I was like, I think that's Matt Cardle. He was smoking a vape and wearing a beanie. And I was like, I think that's Matt Cardle with the beanie. I and Sam was like, was. nah, it's not. It's not. And then our pal came back over because he was talking to me. I was like, was that Matt Cardle? He was like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's a big fan of you guys. I was like, fuck. That's amazing. That's yeah. the heights. There's that's been a couple of people that we've, um, we've like we share loads of similar music tastes and we used to party loads like back in like a couple of years ago and we'd always have like two or three songs in rotation that we'd just like at the end of the night we'd put on and just have a blast um and a couple of times we've ended up working with bands who have like no attachment to us at all except from that their song being our party song yeah we've ended up like getting in touch with them well them, them getting in touch with us or like us working with them or whatever yeah so that's been mental that's right. mental you would you would be forgiven for thinking that there was some sort of law of attraction no, thing 100%, yeah. that's going on it. it's been so coincidental it's not been like it's not been like really famous people that everyone's listened to it's been like something that like twenty thousand monthly listeners or yeah. twenty thousand streams of all time and that one person just happens to get in touch with mm -hmm. us and really like our stuff too and you're right it does make you think like something else is going on yeah. does <laughs> the bbc again this is just a bit of a childish basic question but how does that actually feel having your music on radio one like genuinely to go from 
individually doing sort of musical things, coming together, trying to figure something out. Mm. Your first gig being brutal because you can't work out what you're doing, then all of a sudden <laughs> you're on Radio 1. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's like, I think it is so gradual these days. I think some people do have this meteoric rise of success because of TikTok or the X Factor or whatever, but see, most of the people that don't have that or everyone that doesn't have that, it seems overnight, but it's not overnight. Mm -hmm. And yeah. obviously what we're talking about with us is much, much smaller than these people, but Louis Capaldi or Griff that we were talking about, it yeah. seems like all of a sudden she went from not, no one knows who she is, everyone knows who she is in the space of like a month or two. But actually she's been releasing songs and grinding and doing all these things and building her way up for mm -hmm. two or three years. And the people that are in the know, know, and then most people get more and more until the like it gets to everyone at once. I'd say like for 80% of the time, 20% of the population know who you are. And then 20% of the time, 80% learn, you know, it's like that one of those things that just kind of triggers. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was kind of gradual for us. I think that like we've had little bits, Radio 1 plays here and there, little interviews, stuff like that. And you do get used to it a little bit more because you mm -hmm. just think, I remember the first time we were playing on Radio 1, I stayed up all night to hear it. I was like, holy shit, I can't believe they're playing our song on the radio and like listen to what the guy said. And the second and third time doing that as well. And now you just don't really think about it as much. Yeah. Where we were working when it happened and people were messages, oh, I heard you on Radio 1 and all this stuff. And it's still like amazing. Yeah. You do have those moments of like, holy shit, this is mental. But it's not as much of a like novelty anymore, uh -huh. I guess. Speaking of novelty things, um, mm. uh, you have put in all the graft and all the hard work, and but there's another wee sort of novelty thing that brought you to a lot of people's attention is the Partick Thistle. Yeah, man. <laughs> How did so that was if, for anybody that doesn't know, uh, you sang a song about Partick Thistle yeah. for a view from the terrace. Yeah, yeah. One of their wee segments. How did that? How did that come about? We we get asked by the BBC to do that just because they were looking for like s small bands mm -hmm. um, to you know do a wee song, and we didn't see a brief or anything. So we started our, our gut reaction is to like not take the piss, but just oh, like have, take the piss. 100%. Yeah, yeah, take the yeah. piss. We took the piss because especially when it comes to like football people, everyone's just that has such an intensified opinion yeah. about yeah. everything. Um, um, and we had a team, we had both grew up supporting different teams. I'm, I don't even know the fucking rules football anymore. I don't watch it, right? <laughs> yeah. But then we moved back to Glasgow, we were near Party Thistle, and we thought, well, we look like Party Thistle fans. So we, just <laughs> yeah. come, we went to a bunch of their games. And then when they asked us, what team do you want to do it for? No one had done Party Thistle yet. And we live near the stadium yeah. and all that. And we thought, what's well, funny, we can kind of self reference the fact that we're yeah. hipsters and they're hipsters, and uh -huh. they'll be part of the joke. Because we'll like, when I first saw it, because I always think of you, they've always got great wee segments like that. Yeah. And I'll be so, I'll be completely honest. I went, what the fuck? <laughs> right? And I went, that's, mate, I was walking with my pal, I went, mate, that's, that's actually quite fucking good. That, you know? <laughs> that's <laughs> I, just, like, I liked it, but just initially I was like, pure what taking the fuck's going on? Yeah. Because it's like quite jarring because yeah. it's not that sort of music scene or that representation is not something you associate with one no. football in Scotland, but also not a championship club for Mary Hill. No, exactly. No, and I think we were like, especially because Sam is quite like the way he performs is quite kind of low key, but I'm ex I'm particularly flamboyant and I yeah. jump around. And I think to go from like lads talking about football to like a wee guy in a tight t-shirt, like <laughs> mincing yeah. about the stage, Aye. I think a lot of people were like offended by it, which was really funny because it was yeah. our first opportunity ever of being that. We went kind of viral <clears throat> on Scottish Twitter. Yeah. I, I woke up and it was like, you have been made something like 40 people's profile photos. So like loads of like party Thistle fans, I was like their photo all of a sudden. I was like, what the fuck? And Amazing. there was so many people that hated it. Were like yeah. calling us slurs and saying that we were like, like death threats. It was, actually, we took it with a pinch of salt. It sounds more serious than it was. We don't take anything very seriously. So it sounds horrible in hindsight, but we thought it was funny at the time. Yeah, this is fucking mental. And so many people absolutely loved it. I was yeah. like, people were saying, this is one of the greatest performances I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, it's, no, it's fucking not. I did it. Yeah. We did it and it's not. Do you know what I mean? People, yeah. people are pouring so much time into reacting to this video yeah more time than we ever like spent yeah. doing it we, we we literally made the song in like 25 minutes or yeah. something like that Take, we rep we um sampled a fucking referee's whistle and sam was turning to me the whole time and going are we taking the piss too much because this is the bbc are they going to be going like because we don't know you go in you have this yeah. thing and then the silence after the thing yeah we're like are they going to tell us to like fuck off i, I was like no, we need to. i was like is this okay by the way this is like, the best oh, thing there was there was really one comment which i loved which was from a twitter account called rangers da and it was just the rangers thing and uh the tweet was this has turned me gay this has <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the best. I was like, I want to put that on our Instagram, like Rangers Dad, yeah, 2017, yeah. or whatever it was. <laughs> not the not the comment I expected. From fair play, Rangers. That was that. good. And also, someone called me a soybean with a face, which I thought. Was yeah, that's <laughs> nice. I was like, that's at least imaginative. And can I see what you mean as well? So. Ah, that's a, that is hilarious. The, the things that people can say about you. I know it's mental, and they're it? so funny. Again, that's another one. I look at it and I'm like, 
partially wounded, but I'm also like laughing. Really? Do you get that? Do you get now and again? I really favorite one was Terracotta Attention Seeker. Oh no, that's just me. <laughs> I know, but I was like, when I said, I was like, that's only fifty percent true because I'm not an attention seeker. <laughs> <laughs> What's where's that? Is that on Facebook? It was on Twitter. Twitter. That was years ago. Is that was that like? It's funny. Were you talking about something particularly divisive, uh, or was it just somebody no. just didn't like you? Know? <laughs> um, I think I'd been on, do you know what? It was the day after I'd been on Janice's show. Right. And there was a clip with had been cut and I retweeted it. Somebody replied saying that. Really? But I was like, fuck up. Because <laughs> <laughs> I kind of get it when you, because that's the thing, we, you get involved in football. People yeah. fucking die oh, for football. Jesus. So as soon as yeah. you enter the conversation, people are already coming in fucking hot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, and you come in and you think, oh, we just did a little funny song for the BBC. And people are like, fucking die! <laughs> like, Whoa, why are you so... Have, uh, has MD Thistle ever been in touch? Yeah, they wanted us yeah. to play it that weekend. They were like, it was like the last game of the season or something. Like, come down and play it. We They're playing at halftime at all the matches and stuff like that. Um, but we just thought we might get pelted with fucking coins and stuff because half the Thistle fans loved it. Half of them absolutely hated it because like, you're making a mockery of this team and all Aye. this stuff. So we were like, we're going to let it cool. Let it kind of see what happens because at the time it went fucking mental on Twitter. Like something like 2 million views overnight or something on Scottish Twitter. I was like, this wow. is absolutely mental. Is so I was like, right, this is getting out of hand. We need to just <laughs> chill a wee bit and see. I mean, so, we'd definitely go and play it now because I don't think many people, they would remember, but it wouldn't be as yeah. like, no one would be I inspiration. Mean, what's going to happen? Fans will throw a bottle of pims at you or something. Yeah. <laughs> Catch it, thank <laughs> you. What the fans going to do? Yeah, exactly. Well, because you kept mad at Thistle, so yes. Um, that's hilarious, man. Do you know what? My, one of my favourite songs of... I was literally just saying this on the way here because I sent it to somebody and I was like, it's easily one of my favourite songs ever, but Bullet. Oh, oh no thanks, man. man. Honestly, wow. incredible. Wow. Actually, that party I was telling you about, uh, Saturday, I kept yeah. playing it. And no way, no way it, everybody loved it at oh, first because I was like, "Let me put this on." And because when they hear the start of it, they're like, "Fuck off!" Bit, like yeah. this, and I was going, "No, no, no, stick with it, stick with it." And then everybody, I always try and sing it, but I'm absolutely brutal. So <laughs> I kind of like I can go, but when you get right into it, gets it high, yeah. I, I tell you, do I, do we have? Can we play like thirty seconds? Of yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm sure. yeah, yeah. We can send you that. Here's one. this is. Well, I'm just going to put it in here. Right? Cool, this, yeah, do it. this is bullet, and then go and listen to it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, whatever. an absolute tune do you where where does that feature in your sets it, last yeah for, for, like, like, i think it was only until like the last last um month like the last month of last year december we were playing some gigs it was the first time we didn't do it last yeah and so we've been playing gigs for like four or five years now so yeah mm -hmm. every gig we've ever done it's been last and then only recently that's kind of started to change Aye, i would lose my shit i'm gonna i'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing you oh, man, yeah definitely genuinely absolutely love it um, oh, that's in, so nice, man. Thank in you. terms of you playing, is, you're playing Colourbox, is that mm. in yeah. June? That's Bella Houston Park. Exactly. Some line up for that. It's, it's amazing. Mental, isn't it? It's, it's amazing. Mental. Yeah, and it's all people that we 
So our kind of, it's where mm -hmm. we fit in with yeah. all the music and stuff like that too. It's actually funny, I was on the tube by the way over here on the subway and I saw it. And I was like, oh, oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Were you? Is your name on yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's poster. so cool. Yeah. Like, what else do you, uh, do you have a tour? I really should know this. No, no, no. no, no. I mean, oh, you don't? We don't no, right no. now. We're, it's it's kind of too early in the day to work that out because mm -hmm. the way touring works is right now all the festivals are getting booked up and yeah. we're kind of obviously vying to get booked for a few festivals mm -hmm. but the way tours work is you can't play in the cities that the t festivals are within like a two month period or something like that because oh, right. like to to get like ticket buying for for the festivals yeah, to right, guarantee okay. that or whatever if there's fans that from birmingham that would only go right to a festival to see to you, see you. yeah um, it's to ensure that both gigs would get tickets paid right, for so okay. some financial bullshit, uh, but yeah that makes sense yeah. yeah yeah so right now we're in like the midst of like festivals getting booked up right we're okay playing a cool few ones there's a there's a brand new festival that i'm really excited for i think called other lands right up in perth is it called other lands yeah, other land, other lands, or outer lands, or yeah, something. Uh, like that. Yeah, I think it's other land. Other land. It's the guys that do fly, you know, fly. Oh right. Yeah. Aye. Open air and yeah, yeah. All that. Uh, oh, um, I saw. I saw. It's their new one. Right. Okay. I think the bicep are headlining. Yeah. Wow. And it's Jeez. and it's a wee bit more kind of music, less DJ. I mean, there still is some of that, but a yeah. bit more musical when we're playing it. Mm. Wow, that's camping, amazing. It's a camping festival as well, and we're toying seriously toying with the idea of getting a wee tent and just getting on it for the yeah, whole just weekend. Mm. <laughs> it's like, can we play twelve o'clock on the Friday, please? Mate? He's like, no, we've got you second. Head. Like, no, fuck that. We all play <laughs> first <laughs> to twenty people, then just get on it for the whole weekend. That sounds like a good deal. Yeah. Is there any others that you've got your your sort of? Sight set on. Oh man, I mean, we'd like, love Glasgow. Glasgow's like yeah. the one, yeah, especially because it basically just at our at our level, you you'd still play to more people than you would play at a lot of gigs and stuff like that because it's just the amount of human human humans there. But yeah, human human humans there. I was about to say human traffic and I was yeah, that's no. a bit dodgy. I yeah. Can feel your <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so. You, it's not really about that. It's more about you just get a free ticket and get to hang out backstage at fucking Glastonbury for however long. I mean, I don't know if you get to stay for the three days or if you only get to stay the day you're playing, but um, still, I mean, that would just be the dream. And because of BBC Music Introducing has a stage, and they tend to really try and support young artists to get there. Mm -hmm. So we're, you know, fingers crossed that we'll get there. And um, that would be, if not this year, then next year. I mean, when when COVID hit, we were that month going to Texas to do South by Southwest. Ah, oh, no way. Yeah. yeah. And because that's such a kind of young, up and coming, buzzy festival, yeah. I don't know if we'll get that again because it's all about who's mm. up and coming. And now that we've been signed for two years, I think it's less, it's more of an industry thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's so that people can find a good agent and a good this, and we've got all yeah. that. So that's what I was just about to ask if he's played abroad often. Yeah, we did a tour in Eastern Europe when we were just starting, before we'd really released any music, before we'd signed even actually with a band called Martiba, who were like a 90s kind of trip hop band. Really right, cool. okay. Um, and again, the lead singer and the bassist. They're married now and they were pals with Gary Clark and they came to one of our gigs and they were like, oh man, we're going on tour in Eastern Europe Well, these guys come along. So it was like us and a sound guy who was our pal just in a tiny wee car driving like 11 hours overnight to go from like Slovenia to like Czech Republic and play these gigs. It was so cool. Man. That must have been amazing. Yeah, it was so cool. Like, like stuff like I always say, it, like that's my pure dream of doing things. So me and my pal were going to, we went to Split and when did we go? Split in September, but we'd planned to go to Bosnia montenegro and back like driving all round and round croatia we couldn't because of the stupid red list stuff and because yeah. it had changed so we had to kind of cancel it but it must because i always say like right if you're flying somewhere you usually you go in via the airport it's all very regulated and it's mm. controlled and you're seeing the same view every time but to go somewhere just driving like on your own or stopping off Probably or seeing see stuff it. that you yeah, would yeah, never yeah. actually see yeah just finding random places and that was mm -hmm. it like we did a lot of because we didn't really do hotels either. We did like Airbnb, so we end up in like mad suburbs of like mental cities. You'd never end up Aye. going, you know. Like there's no reason for you no. to ever be there. No. no, and like we ended up like just random little places. Like we were just, we found this wee like pizza place to get some food one night. And they had a piano and when we mentioned we were in a band, they were like, oh, like play some, I think that was in Czech Republic, right, right yeah. in the middle of fucking nowhere. This random little time restaurant, we end up playing piano and they're giving us free beers and all this stuff. It was wow. just like wee cool things like that Aye. that never really happen, you know. Was uh, how how is it one like how long did you do that the Eastern European one was it a short one? It was like 10, 11 days. Somewhere. Yeah, it was pretty it was pretty short. Seven shows or something. I, yeah. I get the impression because with anybody else, I'd be like, oh, you must want to like not see each other for two months <laughs> after living in each other's pockets. Yeah. But I feel as if no, just it's the opposite, happen. man. No. See, when we work in London, we we go down and we write songs or we do whatever, meet the label, or whatever, and we're down there for sometimes weeks at a time. And the place that we're staying, we stay with my brother. And we have an option to have separate rooms and we still just sleep in the same beds. Because <laughs> we just, we just, I'm just like, fuck that. Do you know what I mean? Right. And we just, we just wake, we just like, 
being together and talking shit the whole time. It's just, it's, yeah, it's funny. Wait, have you found any downside to the, the music industry? Like, a, mm. I don't mean to sit and no, no, say, no. like, no, we it's know good. it's bad and they're, they're trying to manipulate you or whatever, <laughs> but, you know, how, what have the realizations been and does that change how you see things? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think it is worth, it's definitely worth talking about. Um, yeah, there is, I mean, like anything is downsides to anything. I think yeah. that the thing is, when you're up and coming and you're making music and you're doing your own thing and it comes from a love of wanting to do it and not really, you never, obviously you have these these dreams of whatever, of, oh, one day I'll play glass or I'll play the Badlands or whatever. Mm -hmm. But you never, you don't really think about the, the nitty gritty of it. And then you sign a deal because this big amount of money comes towards you and you think, oh my God, that's the best thing ever. But you don't really realize what, and you can, and I, I used to watch a lot of documentaries and, and thought I knew, because everyone always says, oh, be aware of what you're actually signing there because you're not signing what you think you are. Yeah. Um. And you think you know, uh, and then the thing is, the people that we've ended up working with, the team that we have at the label, are actually brilliant people. And I always thought, oh, from the things that I'd watched in the books that I'd read and all the stuff in the seventies and eighties, no, they're evil and they're wanting to suck your soul and be weird. Yeah. And that's actually not true. But the truth is that nowadays, in order to get somewhere, you need to give every inch of yourself to the public. You need to be on social media the whole time. If you're going from nowhere to somewhere. You need to give every aspect of your life. And I just think that neither of us are particularly comfortable doing that. Some mm -hmm. people excel at that and really get a lot of solace from experiencing things with other people and sharing every bit about themselves. But I think that the downside is that sometimes you end up kind of using everything up in yourself for other people and not really having much left. Yeah. Cause and not really realizing, you know, and like something funny will happen with your pals and the first thing your mind goes to is like, oh, I should be TikTok and it's like, no, you fucking shouldn't. You should be yeah. enjoying it. Do you know Aye. what I mean? Work and life. Uh, it should be separate things, but in our job, it's kind of hard, more hard to separate them. So that's probably the downside. There's probably a few, but um, and also being able to like, I think it does promote an unhealthy lifestyle. The food that you eat, the amount of baby, all right. that kind of stuff, especially when you're younger, it just it allows you to just be a fucking man child. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. And people just like give you anything you want and will look at you a different way just because they know who you are. And um, mm. not that we're particularly anyone, but if you're playing a gig or whatever, and people know, or you're signed, they know you're signed to Water Records and all that stuff. People will treat you a certain way, and that's not necessarily a good thing. No, I agree. I've got nothing to add. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you find yourself a wee bit? You're saying people look at you, and know you're signed to to Warner and stuff. Mm. Do you find yourself being a wee bit skeptical with people at times? Or thinking, are they really wanting to be my pal, or is it just because we don't? We probably should. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not sure. It's gotten to a point. Yeah, we're, I mean, we've got nothing to give people mm. at this point. Like, we, if someone's looking to us, looking for a relationship with us out of, you know, them knowing that we are sent to Warner Records or we have this or that, we don't have anything. Mm. We, I mean, you know, we, we got a, a paycheck from the label and all that, but we can't sign you on to Warner Records. We can't give you any <laughs> yeah. cash for fucking yeah. skin. Like, we, <laughs> we, you're not going to get a feature on one of our songs. So, like, I don't know. I think it's I think it's worthy being skeptical about all that stuff, but yeah. maybe at the stage that we're at, I don't think it's that we, we've got we should not quite there yet. Yeah, yeah, not quite there yet. Yeah, it seems to me that like you've a good balance, with good heads on your shoulders, but then it's been a because things have been going gradual for you. You're able to kind of take stock and kind of 100%. get to the next milestone, have a look about, and then be like, right, okay. That's mm. that's the honestly that's the thing that I'm most thankful for is that like obviously you do this, you sign a deal, you want success, you want the biggest success. And, you know, we'd be lying if we said that wasn't what we wanted or what we were signing for. And and if it's overnight, then all the better because mm -hmm. it's less time spent in the middle ground. But actually now having been where we are, I'm glad that oh, we are where we are. We got what we got when we got it mm -hmm. because we understand the importance of it all. Totally. And we know that now if it didn't happen or if everything failed, we'd still be okay as people. We'd survive, yeah. we'd be fine, yeah, we'd yeah. work it out. Whereas if I think if it happens overnight, it becomes your everything. And then when it's taken away, it's like, yeah. well, what the fuck did I do Completely, yeah. I, I th it's, Sorry, and you go. Sorry, man. Um, I think I think the one downside, or not downside, but one thing that kind of impacts the joy of the gradual thing is the, like, your understanding of satisfaction with your own thing, like, is, is slightly muddied, I think. Like, when, for the Radio 1 thing, someone asked me the other day, actually, like, how does it feel having your song played on every single show on Radio 1? And I thought, like, I really don't actually know anymore. Like I'm, I'm not sure if it's me being like too comfortable with the where I think we'll go or like just what will like satisfy mm -hmm. our le our level of progress. And, yeah, and it, that's just not there yet or whatever. I don't know. Like, sorry, I'm I'm not describing no. this well, but like my your ambition gradually goes up to like a more yeah. skewed place when I think 
there's like massive immediate like meteor, me, meteoric rise with people you think you know you can go anywhere like this the our, my future can literally go anywhere and obviously that's scary and it's super exciting but when mm -hmm. it's super gradual and you've kind of built yourself quite a strong foundation yeah. you think you're it's less wavering if you know what i mean the potential completely i completely get it i think like even i can relate slightly in terms of say if when i started doing this mm -hmm. on my first day if you told me on well, one year here's where you'll be i would have been like fucking hell snap your hand off fine totally satisfied with that but when i got to that point after one year i was like right yeah and you could become used to it and you're yeah. now you're setting your sights higher totally and i need to do that loads of times like i think it was maybe the tail end of the year there and then the start of the year i think i was just shattered and tired and i maybe looking about and comparing myself to people and being like oh no have i kind of come as far as i'm going to mm -hmm. come and getting up really doubting myself and then i had to be like hold on a fucking minute like i've kind of done okay and yeah. like that's totally. just take stock of that and 100%. and be satisfied with it. don't always be going right what's next yeah, yeah enjoy right. where you are because you've you've created something oh, 100 and that's what that's the hardest thing to do, do you know what i mean because then you look back at the other times whether when it's all over when you've reached a certain thing and you think i didn't matter back then do you know what i mean yeah. when we got our first whatever it was the best thing in the world and or you know like you don't realize at the time how important that stuff is if you're always looking into the future then mm. you're not enjoying what's going on and mm -hmm. like there's always going to be someone that's doing better than you there's oh, always yeah. or in your eyes and if you ask that person there's gonna be someone that's better for them that they compare themselves to and quite often they compare themselves to you and say but you did that better than me and i've been looking at you and thinking why don't i have this in the same way that you do and that's just the way your brain works yeah. you know what i mean and yeah. like you're always going to find someone to compare yourself and steal all your joy away but like you just need to try and turn that brain off that's you've made me think of that phrase comparison as a thief of joy so I think just about that all the time don't do it yeah um i wanted to ask you as well just quickly fan fan base do you just yeah. have like a pure mentally <laughs> devoted fan base yeah it's it's like we don't have a massive fan base but the fans we have are like intensely loyal yeah and like super um super duper into it and i think especially with our last year because we had this whole thing we were really close to doing the eurovision last year or oh, this really? year we, yeah well, we were like really really close to doing it we're down to the last two and then well we're actually down to the last one then someone else came along and well, it. we were like fucking class but they were like do you want to do the eurovision we we're like fuck yeah that's <laughs> mental yeah go to like Turin or wherever it is and just dance class, about with yeah. a bunch of fucking fireworks and stuff like yeah devils um so we were dead up for it and then uh someone else came along a bigger name and just took it which is absolutely mm. understandable for them um but because of that we kind of started talking about it a little bit and a little bit and word got out and then all the eurovision fans started coming to our shows and yeah they're super devoted to that so then we picked up a bunch of kind of other like super mental yeah. hardcore fans they're like the early adopters aren't they mm. and then everybody by the time everybody else knows they're like i we told you like, yeah yeah exactly we've, kinda, yeah. we've been here this entire time it's just waiting to hit that tipping yeah. point isn't it? yeah yeah, yeah. That's, and it's, that's sorry no, that, that's something that's i've never been able to work out like the possessiveness over finding a band or finding something early on and when you know when eventually that thing becomes massive you feel like betrayed almost that, that <laughs> yeah. things become massive do you know what i mean yeah yeah like have um have you ever been compared to hurts yes, yes loads and loads because yeah. i always think i'm a super fan of oh, them. Like, i absolutely love them and i don't know if it's because one it's the duo the which name. is <laughs> unusual and it's yeah. either one or five yeah or whatever <laughs> yeah um but there's a similar that similar sound as well and in yeah. vocals and stuff 100 percent, we get compared to them all the time and i absolutely love them that's the, one of the first sessions we ever did was with david sneddon you know, by the way right if, let's set 20 minutes aside right to talk about <laughs> david sneddon yeah so stop living the lie amazing tune yeah. listening all the time yeah. see like the other maybe last year i was just in the car and i went i wonder what david snedden's up to <laughs> <laughs> and i googled him fucking writes all sorts yeah, of songs yeah, yeah. it's a big songwriter absolutely mate. sorry what you're going to say that. there well one of our first sessions with him and he's worked a lot with hurts he's written a bunch Has of it? songs oh there. yeah i knew I fucking yeah knew yeah this. and uh, she's just like oh yeah you guys are dead remind me loads of my pals and uh, and yeah uh, so loads of people have said that but yeah, David Snedden was class, man. He was one of our first ever sessions. Stop living the lie. An absolute yeah. tune. If, if there's any listening, that was it 2003? Something like that, yeah. He won, he won Fame Academy, didn't he? Won Fame Academy. And it was the year that Lamar was in it. Yeah, exactly. Um, Big year. There was the girl, Alex something. Do you know who I'm talking about? She, was it one that went? She had short hair. No. And I love her at the start of this. You were like, was it 2003? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. 
that the girl Alex, I think she may be finished third, and people don't realise this. She sang the backing vocals on Last Request with Paul and Atini. No way. And when you're li- see if you listen, you can hear her voice. You can yeah. hear her voice. Wow. And once you hear it, you can't hear it. Yeah, yeah. Do you know another one I learned recently? See, uh, is it Carly Simon? You're so yeah. vain. Yeah. Mick Jagger sings backing vocals in that. Really? No Aye. way. You should listen. Oh. And then see once you hear it, you're like, Aye, that's. Of course. I can't hear her. I can just hear like Mick Jagger singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he comes in like halfway through it. Wow. So he's not in the whole way, but then he like sings the chorus with oh, her. So. I think I know exactly about your tongue, but as well, of course uh, that's him. Such yeah. a tune, man. Yeah, unbelievable. What Put a it tune. on out of time. Um, all right, David Sneddon. That's amazing. So you just did songwriting with him. We did a song with him, yeah. We did one session with him and it never really came of much, but he was a pro. He was a proper pro. Yeah. What, what does what it do? Did? Just look, I feel as if he just looked the same as he did. Looks exactly, looked the same. exactly the same. Yeah. Really. Kind of dressed kind of like as a teddy bear, like yeah. in a nice way. Kind of dressed like a builder bear teddy bear. Like yeah. a really nice man, really nice clothes and shiny wee shoes. And yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. really nice, man. He's a lovely, lovely he dude. Hadn't aged a day. Like yeah, it's so funny that how I can just picture like he just hasn't gotten old any uh-huh. older. That um, was that not how Paul and Atini got discovered. David Snedham was on his way to a school in Paisley to sing in a Clyde One thing. Right. And he was held up. So they were like them they want to come up and sing and Paolo went up and sang no way really Aye. Wow. well I think this story's been embellished slightly say so like that's how it was discovered like he was already doing stuff right, right. but that was right. how like our sort of record label were like whoa geez oh that's yeah so cool. like do you want to come in and, and do some recordings in the wow. studio I think the studio was in Paisley that's amazing it's mental we things like that into, like that just happened like um what's her name that did Fast Car Tracy Chapman her whole thing that because she was just a kind of small singer songwriter Nelson Mandela, it was Nelson Mandela's birthday, maybe his 70th birthday or something like that, and they did a big party in Hyde Park. He'd specially requested her because he liked her, but no one really knew who she was. And I think it was one of the main acts, I can't remember who it was, was meant to open and was playing, it was like 80,000 people there, mental. Wow. And they were late, and so they said to Tracy Chapman, she'd played earlier that day, but they were like, well, you go on again and just play Fast Car. The next day it was number one in the charts. Wow. Just because that many people just listened to Shows, it. It's funny that, isn't it? Like, what is it they say? Luck is where preparation meets opportunity. Yeah. Like, just put your grafter in when the chance comes, snatch it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. It's all about being in the right time and place, but if you're in enough times and places, exactly, then you're going to find the right one eventually, yeah. What, and for music, for you, what what would you typically, I know we have spoke about this, the Yugoslavian dance music, <laughs> the Spice Girls, but yeah. current artists or Scottish artists, let's say, who mm. would you be listening to? Scottish artists, that's a good one. Um, current, I'm trying to think of, do we have to do Scottish artists? No, it doesn't need to be Scottish. <laughs> no, no. I'm not sure I listen to much Scottish music, really? to be honest. No. He's get compared to churches quite a bit. Oh, I love churches. Mm. Love them. Yeah, absolutely yeah. love churches. Yeah, that's a, that's they're, they're big on their old like classic synths and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, well, that's, when we're making our, we're making our album, which is dead exciting, we've listened to loads of the weekends new stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, as far as like pop music goes, he's like the incredible, top, mm. the top guy doing it right like, now. So I feel like sometimes. You know, like when music is just so commonly played, it sometimes becomes a bit white noise and essentially, yeah. oh, yeah, there's right. that song again. Yeah. But when you actually listen to everything, it's like fucking hell, mate. It's absolutely sensational. And that's yeah. the, honestly like, like, and that's the kind of, because he works with Max Martin, who's like the most successful pop songwriter of all time. Mm-hmm. And no one really knows the name, but he's got, I think he just surpassed um, John Lennon and Paul McCartney and the guy with the most number ones of all wow. time. He's like now got like 27 or 28. Oh, Wrote all the Britney Spears' songs, all the Backstreet Boys songs. Yeah, that must be so caked. Yeah, he's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he must, like he must have a real love for it because you yeah. never need to work yeah. again. Yeah, but he, no, that's it. Yeah, and <clears> yeah. he still works with, he's working with The Weeknd, Taylor Swift, basically the top people that Coldplay did their most recent album. And he has that thing of like, like you're saying, the songs are so well written that they kind of can just blend into radio noise. But right. then if you were to pay them attention as well, then you really get something from them. So then you go, this is a fucking really well written pop mm. song, you know? Some, sometimes like when a song, hit, I don't know, hits you in a certain way, and then you hear the words and you're like, maybe that you look into it deeper, you can feel yeah. it and you're like, aye, that is absolutely sublime. Yeah, 100%. I find that with Billie Eilish because she's one of my favourites. And her music is like that. You can listen to it and be like, oh, it sounds kind of vibey or whatever. And you actually listen to it and kind of try and think about what it's about or listen mm. to the lyrics a bit more. You're like, Jesus, oh, there's fucking layers to this. Shit. So what was it? What's that guy that's in Blur, Damon Albarn? Damon yeah. Albarn, yeah. Yeah, I seen him. He was talking about Billie Eilish the other day. It was Taylor Swift. Because he said that he loved Billie Eilish and right. her brother, but Taylor Swift was shit. Yeah. He's got some <laughs> cheek, by the way. I know it was mental. Stephen, he's like, I was misrepresented. And I was like, eh, was it? Fuck me. I just read the entire thing. Like, yeah. That's exactly what you said. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was interesting. It was really interesting actually, because I'm a fucking huge Taylor Swift fan. I think that a lot of people think of her as just one of the other like, oh, she's just a pop star. She doesn't yeah. do whatever. And she's like actually a fucking amazing songwriter. And anyone that's like <coughs> that's worked with her, Justin Vernon from Bon Iver, Aaron Dessner, Bryce Dessner from the National, these really 
credited acclaimed musicians yeah. all go she's the fucking best like at songwriting and so it's just it's just someone that's it's lazy to me it's someone that's not really done their homework mm -hmm. Damon Auburn comes on and trashes Taylor Swift and also because she's way more relevant than him and his head is, is gonna his name's gonna get in the papers for now a couple of days doesn't mm -hmm. actually realize what he's talking about and it's damaging it's damaging to young people that are songwriters that maybe don't seem that way or someone yeah. you know but like he's got his work cut out from now because Taylor Swift fans will just destroy him forever <laughs> on Twitter and stuff like that. Like, we, you don't um, want to anger them. The thing I was most shocked about was Taylor Swift said she was a fan of Blur. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't imagine her <laughs> listening to like, that in the big house, very big house yeah, in yeah. the country. Fuck it's like, love. what the fuck? <laughs> I found that the, the craziest thing of all. Yeah, that's funny, isn't it? Um, as we kind of round up, I suppose... Oops, sorry, that's my Apple Watch. It's in Spanish. <laughs> it, do you speak Spanish? Yeah. Um, do you? I've, you've just heard the collective, everybody that listens to this going, oh, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. because... Uh, you, no, I may have mentioned once or twice. <laughs> uh, no, I moved to Barcelona in 2013. Nice, man. Um, and then 2000 ended, well, started 2019. Kind of came back Six years. over. Um, Jeez, I would. I mean, I would say I still, I still count it as, I would be like, no, that's where I live. Really? I'm, just, I'm just temporarily in Glasgow. Are you going to go back it's, then? It's you look Spanish. Yeah, definitely think so. Yeah, a little bit. That's a terracotta thing. All <laughs> oh, right, right. <laughs> I, do, I could see if you were like, hey, hey, hey. I know I speak Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. But yeah. if you were to hit with that, I'd be like, yeah, that's yeah. Nice. yeah. But, um, ask, ask us the last question in Spanish and we'll just interpret it. Okay. <laughs> or like, not if this was the last question. Right, I, I will, I'll go to the last one. I will, I'll, I'll try and see if you can interpret it. Um, Puedes avisarnos sobre tus conciertos en el futuro donde, donde vas a hacer el espectáculo. Oh, unbelievable, man. That was huh? sexy, yeah, man. So, yeah, that was beautiful. We, so is you're asking if we're sober and if oh. we still live in Dundee <laughs> and we're spectacular? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Espectáculo is like your show. I thought that you oh. said, have you got any shows coming up? Coming yeah, in Glasgow so basically Dundee, like yeah. show, no, shows that are coming up. Um, uh, she said Dundee, not Dundee. Dundee, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah well, so basically if you get any shows Saturday. coming up. Exactly. Any shows coming up. And I know you said about the festivals and stuff, but anything you can let people know so they can, or do no. they just have to keep an eye on your socials? Yes, yeah, that's moment? the thing. Yeah, yeah we've honest. got the cool festivals and a bunch kind of to be announced and a bunch that have just been announced. And I think, uh, I don't know when this will air or whatever, but at the time of uh, talking, we're looking at a small show, a tiny show in either Edinburgh or Glasgow in the next month or so, just because we've written yeah. our album pretty was, much and we want to show up we want to try yeah. the songs out i was going to say if it's glasgow or edinburgh then if there's tickets gone i'll be there so we'll oh, definitely put a couple aside for you yeah. sure man yeah, yeah definitely. i think London it will be edinburgh well. just because we've played glasgow quite recently we've not played edinburgh very much and we just play a wee room and basically do a bunch of songs that we've never played to people before yeah. just let everyone know by the way we're not going to be playing as many hits we're just going to play new ones to see how they feel an audience <laughs> yeah any Smash number ones hits. yeah uh, lads this has been great as, pleasure, a, as, man. A, as a big fan as well, I'll be buzzed to sit. Oh, that's so nice. You, so. Well, I'm glad that you're hangover. Maybe we can't speak about your hangover. Maybe we need to pretend that you're not hangover. No, no, no. I, mean, I was on, uh, <laughs> I was on B BBC yesterday right. doing a show called Seven Days. Yeah. And see, for like the last 10 minutes, I was like, I'm going to spew. Like, I'm going <laughs> to be sick. And by the way, I think I, I kind of kept my composure. Did you? Laughing, chatting, talking about politics. As Inside soon as I got like, out, mate, I, was, I got out and I just turned green. I was like, <laughs> as if my body was just holding on and holding on. And as soon as we finished, I was like, right, I'm out of here. <laughs> just sweating. You need to get horrible. back to the Venezuelan basement, man. Made <laughs> <laughs> my Venezuelan pals. <laughs> I made pals with a bunch of Venezuelans and went to a party if anybody's wondering. It was well, like some, like, dodgy. Some yeah. SM, like a sex club, sex me and the Venezuelans, lads, a real pleasure. So Such nice a pleasure. You, thank you so much for having us, man, honestly. And thank you again for listening. And we'll be back with another episode of Blethered soon. Cheers. <laughs>